Good evening, good morning, wherever you are. My name is Thomas Steininger. I welcome you to Radio Evolve, our weekly webcast for consciousness and culture. I'm happy to have with me again Abhishek Takori. Abhishek, Abhi, great to have you here. Thank you so much for having me, Thomas. Abhi, we uh, talked uh, the last time we had you on Radio Evolve uh, that you are co-founder of the Blue Ribbon Movement in uh, in Mumbai, in India, and you are in Mumbai uh, right now. You are also founder of the South Indian Youth Conference. And the reason why we wanted to talk with you again is uh, just uh, the very difficult situation that India is right now in with the COVID crisis. And uh, we heard that you were involved in several levels in responding to this COVID crisis. And we thought this COVID crisis is a global issue. And we should also talk about this as a global issue. And I would like to, to ask you first, uh, how is it? How is the COVID situation right now from, from your perspective? We hear a lot of news here in, in Europe and in the West in general. Uh, what, what, what do you th what's your perspective on what's happening in India? Right now, we are on the other side of the second wave. Uh, mm -hmm. A few weeks ago, it was really bad when the wave had peaked. And particularly in Mumbai, we've been able to tide that wave over. Uh, but it's also starting to reach rural India, which the first wave hadn't really reached. So to that extent, uh, that is alarming. And it is a difficult time for two reasons. One is processing all the grief of what is happening, because in every circle, in every connection, somebody or the other has COVID and there is fear, there is grief. Um, the second, it's difficult because of the frustration of not being able to find out what is really happening and really the frustration at the government's response also. So both these emotions are arising uh, at the moment, I would say. Uh, so it is a tough situation. It is not an easy situation. Yeah. I have personally never felt helpless in my life at this level, I guess. I'm a privileged Indian. So I'm very used to being in charge I don't think I have felt so helpless in my adult life about what is happening. Mm. You're also directly uh, involved in, re in relief efforts. What, what are you doing there? So, Thomas, last few weeks ago, things went really bad in terms of not being able to have enough oxygen cylinders, not being able to have hospital beds, and not being able to have direct access to medication. And the beautiful thing about it was that citizen to citizen connections and networks suddenly came alive. My business school network, my former employment network, everywhere messages were just going all over to say this is needed and somebody's arranging something, verifying phone numbers, a whole range of uh, things started happening. Uh, so relief efforts were mainly to... Uh, deal with that emergency that had happened where people were looking for beds, they were looking for medicines and we were trying to connect people to each other, trying mm -hmm. to, if somebody in a certain city would need something, we would call up friends who are in the social space in that city and they would help us figure out because the information uh, ecology itself was not very clean. You would have numbers, but they would not work. And so it was entirely people to people networks. Over a couple of weeks, a few people started doing it and it got easier because 
a handful of people started doing all the connecting. So you're basically trying to connect people so that the health help effort can get organized in a in a way that the state itself is not able to organize it right now. Yes, so that help can reach places where it's needed in urban India. Uh, now the relief effort has gone to rural India, where yeah. we are trying to arrange resources. We are trying to get funding to reach rural areas in, yeah, in places where the government is yet to reach. Mm. Uh, is India uh, in a global lockdown right now, or how is the situation? Yeah, there is a lockdown, but it's a diverse country, so different states are implementing different ways of it. But broadly, if you say, is the country? in broadly a lockdown yes it's a broad national lockdown i mean i mean for for a country like india where where people are also so much living on the street and outside and close to each other that that must be a, a, an unbelievable situation isn't it yes the second order effects of this are a crisis of migrants moving from cities back to their own villages because there is no work available uh-huh. and the economic impact of this we are yet to kind of experience it will happen in the coming uh, coming many years i guess uh, it hits the poor the most it hits the poor quite badly the lockdown uh, and it's a devil and deep sea the government has to really choose between protecting lives on this end by uh, lockdown but on the other end also having to protect livelihoods so our essential services are continuing banking is continuing food is continuing so the government is trying to strike that balance right, right. because um, i mean lockdown is difficult enough in a situation like in europe and also here is the same that it's for the privileged is easier than for the non privileged uh, but for the non privileged in india oh, people who really have quite often no place to go to what what do you do with the lockdown how, uh, what, how, how do you uh, kind of uh, look for your livelihood when you basically have your business on the street and th- this these are all situations i i i just can't imagine how people can respond to this and it, it takes a lot of creativity and working together to find some kind of solution to this yes there are equally stories of hope thomas so thousands of meals are getting served every day both from ngos as well as religious uh-huh. organizations and there's equally a wave of resilience in india uh, which is trying to respond to it with its resources with its spiritual resources and material resources I was also very inspired to hear that um you you started to respond in in just helping out in the relief for this crisis but uh, we know each other because you are also a social organizer and you are also very much uh, trying to bring people together and, and there's a whole second level of effort uh, that you seem to evolve that because re- relief is something that, of course uh, is desperately needed but there's something that people like you particularly also can bring which is uh, helping people to respond also emotionally socially to the situation you want to tell us a little bit what you what you're doing there yes i first started with just making a list of support circles and i sent that list out into the public domain uh-huh. i had made only five entries in it because there were five circles 
that list started getting updated by people and it reached 10 15 20 25 30 35 circles all over the country just self updating and i suddenly realized there is a whole network of us that needs to see itself uh-huh. become visible to itself and i would definitely acknowledge our work thomas that you've been doing with us in we space which definitely gave me some confidence and legitimacy apart from my experiences in holding spaces uh-huh. to take that step and say let us come together to sense together to well, see well, ourselves well, who who are those people what circles are this who are con- are you connecting there there is a diverse range of circles thomas so uh, there are circles which are prayer meetings there are heart sharing circles there are doodling circles uh, there are meditation and chanting circles all to process the grief of covid mm-hmm. and all to process the impact of covid they are all diverse and it's really beautiful to see the the range of diversity that is there in these circles so oh, what are you doing with the, with, with all those people or what, what are all those people doing together uh, what's what is behind this organizing the, uh, the, those circles are active but it seems that you are you you're adding something to what they are doing already what is this adding a second layer right a layer where circle holders come together so like a circle of circles uh-huh. where we collectively sense into what we are seeing because a circle holder is also a vantage position from where they get a broader sweep so when uh, circle holders come together you are able to sense even better what's going on mm-hmm. and we were able to tap into the extent of the collective grief that exists mm-hmm. uh, we were able to tap into the need to protect certain voices uh which are talking about energy which are talking about spirits which are sensing something different happening uh we felt the need to hold spaces for ourselves not only for others as we go about this work so a lot of different themes started coming up but it's mainly responding to the grief yeah it's mainly trying to support each other uh-huh. uh and from that several threads have come out so from that threads around building more support circles has come out uh, the thread around narratives the thread around well-being a thread around the deeper wisdom of covid like what is the deeper wisdom being revealed to us through covid okay. so a whole range of things are starting to birth from it very organically and in an emergent way and uh, you are coming together on a weekly basis or on Uh, a fortnightly basis right now and we just started out this happening uh, the circle so it's really we were first only in one on one networks but now we are in a many to many network we're meeting uh-huh. fortnightly we just finished one and now next fortnight we'll be meeting and this is a big meeting as an ongoing process yeah there's a big meetings or or many small meetings or just or... a 20 people meeting uh, one uh-huh. one meeting where each person is representing a different circle that they are doing in a different geography on a slightly different theme but a circle that is addressing a covid challenge yeah. a covid related distress so all these circles were not there they have all come up in response to covid yeah so in a way all these circles are just a few months old oh i see so these are circles that directly responded to covid itself to the grief that people were experiencing at the loss of loved ones the loss of control they were feeling the frustration so 
listening spaces basically okay. v wow. lee spaces that allow processing i not exactly v spaces in the sense we say but collective spaces that allow processing of uh, grief yeah and i i guess uh, also because of the lockdown this is also uh, all done online in yes. kind of on, yes. in, 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 yes. in online meetings yes how are, how are people responding to, to to that is is this basically just creating a, a circle of support for i mean the the tragic uh is is uh, must be tremendous in, in in many ways and i'm sure there's a lot uh needed just on the material level but it seems where you are helping is a different level right now it's uh, that the people also yeah uh find uh Uh, spiritual strength, uh, and also just being held by each other, I guess, in, in in this kind of situation. Yes, it is a very very difficult event, also, Thomas, because people don't have touch, they don't have hugs, they don't have a visceral people to people connection, right. and it is almost like before you grieve one thing, a second thing happens, and before you grieve them, a third thing happens. plus your own mental health is a mess so it's a very compounded experience a very intense compounded experience that people are going through right now and we really wonder will this ever be healed i i literally feel like a collective trauma event in some ways is what we're holding through and uh, yeah if you just open yourself a little to the field it just you can feel the you can feel the pain and the grief that is there mm. it's Yeah, I mean the whole society must be uh, like everywhere, but in India, in particular, under tremendous shock, uh, and uh, it's uh, I guess also maybe even too early to talk about this because we are in the midst of it, and uh, we, we 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 don't really know how this will unfold. Uh, but it's also it's encouraging to see that something what you are doing. seems to emerge because as i understand you you were offering it but it was also spreading very fast in the circle are kind of self organizing yes. and also self connecting so in this very difficult situation there is also a very strong response to this yes. of people yes. uh seeking each other and finding support by each other and this is something that um I haven't heard uh, so much in other countries before. Maybe I, I was missing it, but it's 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 kind of uh, very it's it's touching and inspiring to hear that uh, you're organizing this, but also that it seems that many people in 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 different parts of this huge country. I mean, India is not a country; India is a continent. Yeah, uh, are kind of uh, responding with uh, on one hand their heart, their soul. But also with the willingness to connect, yes. just uh, to be together. I mean, I, I guess there must be also many other uh, organizations, religious organizations, and uh, I guess also political organizations and social organizations uh, that, that are doing that. Uh, is there any specific quality in the circles that you are organizing there? Is there any particular quality in in that? Is this Which kind of which of which kind of people which kind of circles are this that you're organizing there? 
we thought that these circles would only be the middle class and the rich but when we held them we also found people coming from relatively rural parts of the country we also found uh, a very huge diversity in the approaches that people had um and each of these circles i would say even though they are coming from a different space the deeper spirit is to touch the grief that is present in the moment that mm. people carry in their hearts and to really open that space up for people to share and this is only not only circles but thousands of counselors are offering their services for free all of this is for free all of it is either mm. free or gift economy and people are just stepping up to offer freely unconditionally lovingly um and yeah it's a it's quite a lovely ripple it's a drop in the ocean of india because the country is huge but i'm sure there are pockets of resilience at multiple levels to hold what is happening mm-hmm. but also sorry one thing i must say thomas what is happening is darker than what we have ever seen in a while because dead bodies in rivers and cremation grounds that have queues because there is not enough space so we've not had it so bad in a long time uh, maybe the last time the bengal famine that happened probably had this level of deaths uh, we've not had it so bad in a while hmm. i mean i on, on on one hand it is very encouraging but on the one hand it, it, it you also must feel very overpowered by what's what's going on right now what yeah I felt personally that being overpowered was kind of a luxury in the sense that I felt that I could spend time grieving but that time would never end because the grief for now seems endless and mm-hmm. we need to show up uh, with all our courage and so uh, accepting that the grief will never fully go away but to just hold it and show up for what needs to be done I think that's what this time is pushing at least some of us to do mm-hmm. you you said that there are also a conversation starting about uh something like what is the deeper meaning of the covid crisis uh, uh yes well, what kind of conversations are this there is clearly a disruption that we are seeing uh and a once in a generation disruption perhaps or once in uh-huh. i don't know how many generations and when a disruption of this scale happens people get shaken up from their usual ways of being and so we are very clear that this is an opportunity also for us to bring about newer ways of being rather than going back to the old normal um now when such a disruption happens one is to make sense of what is happening which is a collective activity we are trying to make sense together mm-hmm. also we are trying to be intentional about answering three questions what has happened what it means and what should we do uh-huh. so what has happened is which parts of reality should we amplify you could amplify the darkness or you could amplify the light uh-huh. uh, what it means is what do we make sense of and what conclusion and so on uh, and help people reach some form of collective meaning making yeah and from that meaning making can we inspire action uh, which is uh, yeah which is the intent of this kind of deeper understanding and systemic thinking of this so yeah that's a thought process that's on uh 
And I guess there must be many answers to the question of what is happening and yes. how to make meaning out of this. Yes, there are many contesting answers and the choice is almost political, right? In the sense that what narratives travel and what narratives are amplified. So yeah. in our own small pocket, we are trying to see, can we be intentional about this? And can we use this like a portal to a different level for at least those of whom we can use, reach out with a new narrative? Uh-huh. So trying to be intentional about it. And are these uh, different narratives also in the circles of, uh, are they kind of very diverse and very, is there a lot of conflict in that? Very diverse narratives for sure, because it's a diverse country. And I feel yeah. like in India, everybody is a philosopher. Sometimes I like to joke about it that way. <laughs> uh, but uh, the fact that, yeah, there is a wide diversity and we are trying to listen a little more deeply than just the surface. We're really mm-hmm. trying to listen to what is being called forth from us as a generation. And really, what is how do we respond to this in a very intentional and conscious way? Mm-hmm. So the attempt is to listen beneath these narratives to what could be a meta narrative or a deeper kind of essence from where we can respond. So where are you getting to there? When you, when you say you try to listen deeper and you try to find the meta narratives, what is opening up? One definite thing that is coming up is valuing our people to people connections that used to be a way of life in India and which have gotten fractured. When I was younger, people would know their neighbors and would very happily play in neighborhoods in a different spirit. And that has started eroding over the last several decades, particularly in urban India. Mm -hmm. So a chance to reclaim our humanness, a chance to come back to relying on people and making citizens stronger. That seems to be one narrative that citizens really need to stand up because the government seemed to have failed us. The uh, systems haven't worked. Only Eventually, when things went really rough, it was people supporting people. So that seems to be one kind of definite narrative that is uh, coming up. The other is that the current ways are not working. So we need to move to newer ways. And that narrative supports all the alternatives, all the people who are trying to bring new things. So it's a meta narrative that builds a case for everything from shopping locally to farming organically to caring for the environment, because a lot of these things are interrelated. So that's kind of also something else uh, that yeah is, is coming up. There are also some people channeling energies who are saying that souls are fed up of the planet. They're just souls are not being able to deal with what is happening in the planet and they're choosing to leave. It's their protest. It's their protest against the imbalance that has been created. And they're literally souls departing the planet right now saying they've had enough. They're fed up. <laughs> so there are some narratives like those also, which are there. Uh, you know. I, I mean, all what you're saying is uh, uh, most of it is, uh, uh, in fact, quite hopeful, because uh, it, it seems that the people uh, use this uh, this traumatic situation to find each other and to to value each other in 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 a new way, and also to basically question what has gone wrong in the last decades and how there could be a human and citizen response to that. Is that something that is just happening in your little bubble 
or, 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 or is that something where you feel there's really uh, something shaking uh, at least parts of the Indian society to, uh, I'm, I'm hesitating to use the word, but I'm using it anyway to wake up to that. Uh, uh, because uh, as, uh, as tragic the situation is, uh, uh, I, fi I find it quite remarkable that uh, people have such uh, solidi solidary responses, a response in solidarity uh, and in, in trying to find ways how we can look deeper, how we can be humans in all of that. If that's the case, uh, um, that's very positive. Yes, I, I feel few things, Thomas. One is that the fabric of the culture is deeply spiritual uh -huh. uh, and its capacity to assimilate whatever happens to it, good yeah. or bad, is yeah. immense. I feel we are a very elastic culture uh -huh. and the spiritual grounding lets us look at things in a in a much larger perspective i feel of the cycles of birth and death and impermanence mm -hmm. of life and really a deep acceptance of things also and i think some of that is actually the source of these creative responses and hope like the psyche is is resilient it's a very resilient psyche uh, and uh, it has shaken the whole country in different pockets and different groups will respond in different ways uh, the bubble that we are in or my small community around the country is definitely waking up to the possibilities that this catharsis is offering mm. uh, and, and really holding strength. Mm. I'm asking also because it does sound uh, different to uh, what I'm aware of here in Europe or in Germany because in fact there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of fighting going on and there's a, 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 a lot of blaming going on and there's a lot of disruption and mistrust. And uh, uh, that's not what, uh, what you are talking about right now. Is it uh, just because you're not pointing to that or is it not so much happening in India? Because uh, there's, if I compare what, what you're describing in the Indian situation, uh, much more insecurity in that sense that people are losing their trust in a lot of things and are kind of much more also resentful. And uh, uh, the big word right now uh, is conspiracy theory, that there's a lot of kind of conspiracy going on. Is that something that, that's happening in India also? Or uh, is it... Uh, uh, something that is just happening in, in different parts of society. So I am speaking from a bubble of hope. I must say I'm surrounded okay. by people who are, so it is a small bubble, I would say. Uh -huh. uh, it's definitely a bubble of hope. It's a limited bubble. So there is a lot of blame. There is heartbreak vis-a-vis -vis the government. There is heartbreak vis-a-vis -vis the machinery uh, also uh, that is uh, that is present. Uh, and India is so diverse that there are natural cures coming up. There are people who deeply believe that Ayurvedic ways of responding to this will work. And there's such a wide range of narratives that I've also been trying to listen to vis-a-vis uh, -vis what is happening. Uh, 
when mm. there are protocols that certain doctors are recommending there are traditional in rural india people are having these herbal decoctions with complete conviction that that will make them resilient who knows but i i'm saying there's a wide range of reactions responses and uh, and while there is blame i'm i'm i think like any other place in the world i would say there is blame uh, there is misinformation there is misinformation so i would say that is also uh, also present uh, i would say the culture of helping and the cult- the religious institutions and uh, that is very very active i think from where i am seeing it what mm-hmm. is allowing things to be held is that people are still holding together and strong individuals are donating money relief is coming from all over the world where so something is holding us through this hmm. i'm also hearing something uh, uh, particular when i'm listening to you which i found uh, very touching it, you you mentioned it directly and said that uh, the indian culture is held uh, still in this secular time by a very spiritual foundation yes and that there is a perspective on this that is held by a perspective on life and death yes which is somehow also different than i experienced it in in the west in that sense that um it is uh, this crisis very much experienced in a very individualistic level and part of uh, the the crisis of the crisis is also that there is a taboo of death in western society that um makes it difficult to talk about the cycle of birth and death and, and and talk about this bigger perspective and it seems that india because of uh its different tradition and its different culture uh that it unfolds in a different way than uh i seem to experience it here in germany and in the west in in, in general that somehow this spiritual foundations that india is still deeply rooted in although Uh, uh, at least on the service level in india is also becoming extremely secular in in many ways uh allows a different response would you say that this is the case definitely in the circles i am in uh also that cities are westernized but i feel there is a deep cultural memory of looking at human beings as a part of nature of nature worship of honoring the elements uh <clears throat> and of seeing things as cycles a culture that is innately very cyclical mm-hmm. looks at things not linearly doesn't look at things as disconnected uh, and i do feel it's a hypothesis it's a guess but it's an educated guess because if the culture believes in soul and afterlife and one spirit the way it would respond to death might be a little different than uh, looking at Uh, everything from a more individualistic or a more uh, kind of let's uh, extend life as much as possible kind of a lens so uh, so i would say it's a blend i would say that there is some shades of that individual thing but there is also a spiritual foundation uh, in many places i feel that that's there and you also mentioned that there are new narratives opening up in 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 in, in these conversations where where are these narratives going definitely on what is a constructive response in the longer run how do we build resilience who do we rely on and what can we do and also there is a deep despair about how did we get here like what just happened so there is definitely that churning and reflection 
saying what happened how did we get here let's you know? start there what are the answers how did we get here what 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 are the perspectives on that how did we get here it's a good question i mean on one hand you said there was a virus and this virus is came from wuhan and if it's of a natural resource or not is disputed uh, but I'm sure that's not the level you're talking on about that. No, no, I was not talking about that. I was talking at two levels. One is in an immediate way. India had a very good response initially. We were quite strong in the first wave. We started out the vaccinations. In fact, we were so confident that we started exporting things out of the country because we really felt like we were ahead of the curve. And then a second wave hit us with a mutated variant. So. One is why were we so keen to show off? Like what was there? What's behind the need, the vanity that my nation has? What is the insecurity behind that vanity? Like what are we trying to prove to the world? And why are we so desperate to prove something to the world? <laughs> I think that's one question that kind of mm-hmm. came up. Where is our innate confidence and wisdom? The, where is the innate confidence that our wisdom provides us? And why were we in a hurry to show off? I think that was one local questioning that was going on like what happened there Um, and the larger questioning of saying in what all small ways have we been dishonest or not discharged our duties towards electing the right people uh, because our founding fathers left us with the right institutions and the right mechanisms so we can't look back and complain because we are a democracy a very well-formed institutionally a very robust democracy So I feel the generations post-independence, perhaps we didn't fully discharge the responsibility of being vigilant. We went into hyper-consumption individually, just minding our own business without engaging with the civic life. And here we have a bunch of leaders which we don't feel happy about. And uh, yeah, we just let the ball drop, I guess, instead of building a strong citizens pillar, we just, yeah, we just left it away. uh, Yeah. So something there too. And where to go from here? So (laughs) just one thing more, Thomas, was I think the interplay of faith and science. Faith can be both a good thing and a bad thing. And in India, the faith can really go to a blind spot, like to really blindness. We had a religious kumbh mela happening uh, Uh right in the middle of the pandemic. We had election rallies happening. So this is faith, which is misplaced and counter to the value of faith. So I think that is also something that was troublesome that when did we, when did our faith get so blind? I mean, it was always blind in many places, but I think it went out of hand and science needed to be uh, in, in the driver's seat at those places, which we didn't. Uh, But just to answer where to from here, I am extremely, extremely hopeful uh, about our resilience. I am extremely hopeful that like any other difficult event, this will create a churning a reflection and from that reflection a new way of being uh, will definitely be born i'm i'm really confident that the country will get shaken up will wake up will re-reflect on its priorities uh, and maybe choose choose differently uh, i'm i'm a hopeful person that way so mm-hmm. i feel that that will definitely that will definitely happen what makes you so confident because also here uh, the the, the dialogue, the conversation in Europe is different. Uh, people are more scared that it will um, kind of uh, embolden the, uh, uh, the 
the populists and uh, and 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 right wing radicals, and that it will uh, kind of create uh, uh, difficulties in, in democracy. Also, there's also in a legitimate way a whole discussion that uh, uh, what opens up right now. Uh, people are discussing as a dictatorship of of health that basically big tech is yes. overtaking and uh, there's also i mean there are justified discussions in, in that so there's on one hand a fear of right wing populism on the other hand a fear of uh, the decline of democ- democracy and what people call to my uh, uh, understanding also partly rightfully so a new uh, digital feudalism, and uh, you sound very hopeful in the midst of all of that. Why? Yes, I think one is this has been actually a disruption of a populist government. Uh-huh. The populist government in India was continuously doing things and running a PR machinery along with it, and uh, it was a mixed bag, definitely. But here, it did not manage to keep its act together. And still tried to keep spinning stories of hope when the first-hand experience of all of us was uh, that we were in that disaster. So that has exposed, in fact, something about this right-wing populist approach. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that itself, for me, is making people reconsider their blind faith in certain leaders. Right? Saying, should we be so? Should we have been so blind? Uh, mm-hmm. You know. So I think. In, so here, it's. I think that is that is one uh, one thing. Uh, the other is that this is forcing people to come out, contribute and do things, particularly the middle class, which otherwise would tend to just be occupied with themselves, thinking that this is happening to the poor. Now, suddenly right. here's a crisis that has hit home, like the middle class is suddenly facing issues and it's staring at your face and it's shaken them to contribute, to do something like friends who would never bother are donating, are vigorously doing things. So, so I feel these, these are these are interesting trends. It's it's really getting people to show up and do things, and and so I I feel hopeful about uh, about people learning to trust people more, uh, hold the government more accountable, be a stronger citizenry. I I definitely feel this as an opening for that. Mm. Do you also have the experience that this is not only changing India, that this is changing the whole world? Do you also have conversations about this? Yes, I think so many people don't see this as an Indian phenomenon at all. In fact, especially those who are spiritual uh, and channeling energies and talking in those terms Mm -hmm. are seeing this happening to our whole family, to the global family. Uh That this is a time of crisis and challenge for all of us together. And uh, it seems that there are people who are channeling to say that this is a time where change has to happen in an accelerated manner and that this is a wake-up call. It's a reminder for us to really uh, change our ways uh, because gentle reminders haven't been working. Now nature is stepping up the heat for us to take notice. Uh, and and this has also shown showed us our interconnectedness. I mean, I feel very supported and held by my global family. Friends around the world have reached out. They've been considerate. And countries have also been helping India. So it's been a very global, uh, in some ways, I think it has revealed to us that we are interconnected. So I definitely feel that this is, this is something that happened to all of us. 
Uh, India may be a specialized case. Uh, again, if you take percentages, the numbers are actually like the global level only. Just India is such a huge country that numbers seem large. So it's happened to all of us, I think. Yeah, I mean, I feel that this is something that maybe we not even have let in in in, in a real and a deep way. That this is maybe the first global event that really are. Affects all of us in the, in the short mm. ter- term. That something, are not even the world wars have affected all of us. Yes, yes, definitely that way. So th- there is, and probably we haven't really a, a kind of opened up to what this means for our understanding who we are. Mm. Also, the term that you're using, global family, sounds different than before the COVID crisis. <laughs> it sounds yeah. different. I mean, the yes. term was around global family, but uh, I I know people in the US. I know people in South America who are hit by the virus. I uh, know people in in Europe. I know uh, uh, people in India, and um, that that does something to us that we are uh, hit by this uh, ep- ep- epidemic in 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 a shared way. It's it's also, I mean, this strange thing uh, that uh, uh, this virus is moving through all our bodies globally. Mm, <laughs> yes. Somehow, it's it's one body. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. not to make a too spiritual thing out of it, but uh, there is something uh, about the fact that we are not separate. <laughs> mm, yes, <laughs> yes. proven in a very materialistic way by this virus, because the virus is moving through us. As yes. one body, in, yes, that, in, yes. that, in that sense, that um, a particular kind of Western indiv- individualism is usually very blind to the fact uh, so that that we are not just the single separate things that we think we are, but uh, we, we are moving as a whole, and we are moved as a whole by that. Yes. Yes. And uh, again, I don't want to make any kind of too spiritual thing out of the virus. But um, it changes our experience of ourselves. Yes. O- yes. Also, as a uh, as a global species, and and it's also it's interesting just to hear your experience and uh, to, uh, to to hear how you are responding uh, in India. And of course, right now, our, uh, people are looking to India. A couple of months before, people were looking to to the US. Our, to Brazil, and uh, it, it is kind of moving moving around also where the focus of this epidemic is, and uh, it, it will it won't stop here. It, it will will also move on. But even that, that so where is it, where is it happening? It's coming down right now in Europe. Yeah, we don't know how long it will come down. But there is something um, you used to what fate uh, that there there is also a a global human fate that we share yes. in this, that feels much closer than uh, it used to. Uh, yes. Because yes. It, it's something, and it, it's just something that it's so undeniable. And I, it's also interesting uh, and powerful to have this conversation with you because, I mean, he, here we are sitting, I'm sit- in, sitting in, in the middle of Europe, you, you, you're, you're sitting in Mumbai in, in India, but uh, 
uh, we, we are talking about a shared story in a very concrete yes, way. Yes, yes, in a very real way. Yeah, and it uh, and of course uh, we are friends. We have been friends before, but that it connects us also on a global yes. scale that we do this. And I I feel very encouraged by your response, uh, the, re the direct relief response, but also the, the grief circles. And, and, and the narratives that you're developing, that what you call this bubble of hopes. <laughs> uh, yeah. um, I think also in that sense that we can learn from each other in this way. Yes, yes, yes. So, Avi, uh, thank you. Thank you for your time. Uh, I thank really you, appreciate Thomas. that you took the time and, and all the best for what you're doing. And also, thank you that you're doing this. It's, it's also very inspiring just to hear it. Thank you, Thomas. And thank you so much for your ongoing support for in so many ways for all of this. So thank you. Thank you, Abhi.